Following the FM Sports News with Western Motors, tomorrow comes with confidence in the new Volkswagen range. Explore the 231 Volkswagen range at volkswagengalway.ie. And Oliver joins us looking at uh, sport. It was a very busy weekend. Can they start with Manchester United? They claimed their first trophy in six years yesterday to yeah, the long time uh, coming. United fans are happy because... Roy Keane has been saying this could be the start of a new era for Manchester United. Ten Hag has done a brilliant job and there's no doubt since Alex Ferguson left 10 years ago, um, he's been the best manager they've had since then, you know, and they've tried and failed with a few high-profile managers. But Ten Hag looks like now he is the real deal and Ronaldo's gone, long forgotten now. And they're moving on with, you know, just a a new look a new spirit Pep in their and step. there definitely is Keith now whether they win the league or not I don't know but they're not out of it and they could still have a big say in the run into the Premier League uh, but yesterday as you say they beat a Newcastle team who've been pretty impressive as mm-hmm. well uh, in, in recent months and Newcastle of course are bidding to try and end this long stretch without winning any trophy going back to the to the Fairs Cup uh, almost uh, a half a century ago so they uh, they came into that game with real hope and it was snuffed out by United. A great save by uh, David De Gea, the Manchester United goalkeeper at nil-nil was pivotal. United then got their noses in front and pretty much wrapped up the game just in first half stoppage time, making it 2-0. So an important win for Manchester United. As you say, first trophy in six years. They still have, as you say, the league to go for. They're in the FA Cup mm. um, and they're in the Europa League they could have a right good say in, in maybe winning at least one, if not two more trophies between now and the end of the season. So it could end up being a, a stellar season yet for Manchester United, but they deserve their win, no doubt. Uh, Celtic beat Rangers 2-1 in Scotland to win the League Cup. And you'd have to say that Graham Potter's time as Chelsea manager surely is coming to an end. He's 4-1 to one on to be the next manager to get the sack. David Moyes is the second favourite at 6-1 to one to be the next manager to get the sack. <laughs> Believe it or not, there is odds there for the list of managers on who's going to lose their job next. But definitely Potter is, like, it's just a shocking run of form for for Chelsea. They lost to Spurs as well, which is really sore when they lose 2-0 to their great Northern London rivals. But uh, Chelsea in free fall and Manchester United going in the opposite direction. Uh, great uh, for Goal United on Friday night. Yeah, good win. Good like they took out two good wins now. Treaty at home one nil, and then and of course before that uh, in Bally Buffet they won against Finn Harp. So six points out of six. That's all you can do. But they're going to have to show great spirit and and really they just have to get out of the division this year. Just forget mm. about anything else. Get back up to the Premier Division and then really start planning for ahead because um, it's been way too long. But Look, all they can do is time is plot it week by week and win mm. all these matches, and, and they've certainly started to do so. Here's a name for you, Jurgen Klinsmann. Do you remember him? We talked about Spurs there a few moments mm. ago. He played with them and many other uh, teams as well over the years. Uh, he had his famous kind of diving aeroplane slide when he scored a goal. Uh, he's taken over as the Korea Republic manager, so that's South Can't Korea really. in old money. A former Germany and USA manager has signed a three-and-a-half-year deal uh, as a player, he was part of the World Cup winning side for Germany in 1990. But uh, he succeeds Paolo Bento, who stepped down after guiding the country to the knockout stages of last year's World Cup. Mm, interesting. Can we go to Gaelic Games? Because the Ireland Champions Limerick held off uh, a goal by fight back and to land a second win in Division 1A. Yeah. 
Great Goa crowd did, there. Goa Great did crowd. well. Uh, huge support, huge crowd. Big belief that at the end that Goa might actually win the game because they got back within two points and they had time on their side. But Limerick just showed their class and scored the last three points in stoppage time to put a bit of a flattering look on the scoreboard at 24-19. But Galway will take a lot of positives from the game as well and slowly but surely they are building towards the championship. I think that's their league hopes pretty much gone now with only the top team in Division 1A and 1B making it straight to a league final. Um, I think a lot of the teams are treating the league very much as uh, an experimental base, a mm. place where you can try out you know, different players. Training in, ground. In, uh, in different positions, different strategies. Uh, but bottom line is it's starting to come together nicely. You know, there was a couple of players playing yesterday for the first time this year and it'll progress, I'm sure, between now and Leinster Championship time where it really is the cut and thrust because when you're talking about a round-robin system like in Leinster, I think there's going to be a big debate going forward about the value of the league at all. Um, I mean, it was described at the weekend I saw in the national papers as the competition that nobody wants to win. Uh, the National League and football even more so when you look at Mayo and Roscommon in the top two in the football mm-hmm. Division 1 and they're due to meet in the Connacht Championship one week after the National League final so we've spoken about this before how nonsensical a scenario that will be if it comes to pass but uh, in the hurling yeah 24-19 it was decent scoring on a cold day you know and um, for the fans they were warmed up by a good battle and of course it whets the appetite I'm sure for a big championship meeting between these two sides, be it a semi-final or a final, mm. a little bit later on this year, I have a feeling they'll be they'll be meeting again. The footballers, as you mentioned, they were up on letter Kenny playing Donegal. Tough enough watch, uh, one nine apiece. It was windy, it was cold, it was just horrible. Conditions weren't great now. Were Not, they? No, it was dry, it was sunny, it but was, it was yeah, Baltic, it was. and there was a strong breeze as well that definitely did affect the play. And in the end, Galway had a chance to snatch victory right at the death with a free from Paul Conroy that just pulled to the left and side and wide. Uh, Galway were six down at one stage, but pulled it back and led by two late on. Uh, Donegal went over half an hour without scoring from just before oh. half time to about five minutes from the end, but they rescued a draw at the end, Donegal. It's a long way up with many Galway supporters there. Good crowd, yeah. Really? There certainly sounded like there was a, a good Galway crowd listening into the lads on commentary yesterday, and I know Letter Kenny was a hive of activity on Saturday night with everybody tucked up in bed by half ten <coughs> <laughs> including the commentary team um, yeah let's go to Camogie then Saturday yeah good win so the right senior now. girls uh, they beat Kilkenny 117 to 113 and they'll have Clare next in Kilbakety so after losing out to Tipperary they needed to bounce back and they did uh, with a fine victory the intermediates well beaten by Kilkenny as well but again a lot of shadow boxing this time of year, albeit when you look at the ladies' footballers, there's nothing shadow boxing no. about what they're at. I mean, they've hit the ground running and are flying it at the moment. So are Kerry, who've won five from five, Galway have won four and drawn one. So they're the two unbeaten teams in the ladies' football division one National League, and they still have to play each other in the last round. And it mightn't even have to be played because the two teams could be in the league final at that stage if Galway beat Mayo on their next match, which isn't until the 19th of March. So there's a couple of weeks off now for the ladies. Yesterday, they beat Waterford 10 points to five. Again, a long spin down to Dungarvan to play that match. And it was an early start as well, one o'clock. So, um, you know, they did well. I was listening to the commentary and the commentary was excellent, but... What a drive back. Yeah, big spin from Letterkenny and from Dungarvan yeah, for the men and women footballers. One end of the country to the, the, the other end. Literally mal and mizzen almost. Yeah. But uh, they did well. They came back with the spoils and uh, they'll have a nice break now for a couple of weeks and work hard before they meet Mayo. 
Now, let's go to rugby. Scotland's bid for the Grand Slam was ended after a 32-21 defeat away to France. So, is, am I right in saying that Ireland are the only ones that could do this? They can only win the, they're they're the, only only ones ones the Grand Slam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, everyone else has lost a game. Scotland, in fairness to them, they were 19-0 down. They had a man sent off early on and then France had a man sent off. So, it was 14-14 v for the bulk of the match. But they got it back to within 25-21. Uh, to 21. And you thought to yourself, God, they could snatch this. And France got a penalty late on and the decision was, well, would they take the penalty and put it out to seven points or would they try and get a try? Um, they eventually got the try with the very last play of the game, which got them a bonus mm. point win and gave the Scots nothing. Scotland will still think that it's a brilliant year for them if they beat Ireland. They may or may not win the championship now. France are back in the say as well. But Scotland will win the Triple Crown if they beat Ireland in Murrayfield and that's a, that's a big if, but it's also a, a big carrot for them to do that and to mm. bounce back from their defeat in Paris. Ireland were far from good against Italy, but they did enough. They did. And Mac Hansen's try at the end gave them the the insurance victory, 34-20. But it was 27-20 in Italy. Had every chance of, with eight minutes to go, scoring a try that would have drawn that match, and that's Grand Slam gone then. Uh, so, mm-hmm. from an Irish perspective, I suppose they'll they'll be relieved that they got away without some of their frontline players. But Italy are a lot better than people I think are giving them credit for, and and better they are getting. But they were all shone by because I watched the match on Saturday. They were all shone by Ireland. Well, in the end, you'd have to say Ireland's they strength won. in numbers, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they got the four tries in the first half. So they had, I would imagine, in their own minds, the job was done. Um, but it got it? a bit eerily nervous towards mm. the end before they got over the line and uh, look at a win is a win but there'll be two very different games left now against Scotland and of course England then coming up on uh, St. Patrick's weekend What did you reckon when you saw Supermax coming up in Italy on, this, on the board and the advertising to see that did you? Sure look at it's a global brand now isn't it? I suppose sure. it is yeah Was that photoshopped in or was that really on the pitch I wonder? I'd imagine now it's somebody being very artistic from the Supermax team but maybe though I don't know the Italian I mean, it's not just pasta, it's not just pizza. I mean, they have chicken breast sandwiches out there too, I'm sure. <laughs> Why do you bring everything back to flipping food at this hour of the morning? Craig's, uh, by the way, did very well too. They did. They beat Connemara to win the Division 1A League. And, of course, it's only a couple of weeks away before we have the... Uh, it's next weekend, where we have the semi-finals of the Connacht Junior Cup as well. So a lot to look forward to. And, uh, yeah, Craig's will be the team to beat probably in the Junior Cup as well. I want to go to uh, golf the Honda Classic it was difficult for Shane Lowry he was going to come home because his uncle died was that right? yeah but he stuck with it but it didn't really what, 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 yeah his mind had to be elsewhere of course he's changed yeah. caddy as well but he still had a big payday and you know top five in a big event like the Honda Classic is, is yeah. good for him so he dedicated it to his uncle who passed away and he wanted to be at home with him and couldn't do ah it. yeah I mean Shane is a, he's a, he's a decent he's, scale he's a big softy he really is and family means an awful lot to the Lowrys and to, to Shane in particular. Uh, he's spoken at length about how proud he is of his GA heritage and, you know, that his dad winning an All-Ireland with Offaly in, in 82. And look at it, it's, it's, as of now, he's he's up to number 19 in the world rankings. Good on him. Like, it's a, it's a brilliant career he's forging for himself. Mm. And I suppose you always look at incremental steps in professional golf. And he's probably thinking now maybe top 15 is the next step and then top 10 in the world now that's some effort from Lowry if he does get to top 10 but he's he's well inside the top 20 now so uh, up at number 19 he's going in the right direction no doubt about it so fair play to Lowry 
Uh, boxing was Tommy Fury beat uh, Jake Paul. Yeah, I don't know. Would you call it boxing or would you call this some sort of Baiting. YouTube nonsense? Yeah. Um, so Tommy Fury can lay some sort of claim to being a boxer or why at least from a boxing it, family. Why do they call it a grudge match? If you have a grudge against somebody, why would you get into the flipping ring? Well, they call it a grudge match because they come up with this nonsense where, uh, you know, Keith Finnegan calls out Ollie Turner on his YouTube channel, I'm going to bait you. And then I come back out onto my channel and say, well, I'm going to bait you more. Right, well, let's get it on. And then a promoter goes and sells a heap of tickets, load of advertising. Two boys are having a right good laugh in the dressing room beforehand because they've made a couple of million each before they go out and do a bit of pawn. So how, how do we get this How do we get this YouTube Grudge match you, going? You, you and I, yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, we have to be on YouTube and have a YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> I think that's where the two of us fall down. This grudge match, though, in Saudi Arabia last night. I mean, it's God's sake. But sure, look at it. It's it, like, as I say, it's it, about money. It's all money. Nothing else. It's entertainment. It's not far removed from WWE. Mm. You know, it's, you know, they're calling it boxing, but, like, you know. Loosely. That's why they have it out in Saudi Arabia, yeah. because they'd give you a license to go out and, and do that kind of thing and have a grudge match. Like, mm. we probably wouldn't be able to get it on in the Clayton Hotel. <laughs> Not legally, anyway. <laughs> but we'd be able to get it on over there, no problem. All right, now, where are we going racing today? We're not, there's nothing in, Go in Ireland, anyway. Love the way you moved on there very, very, very quickly. I'm, 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 I know nothing about No, boxing. there's no racing in Ireland, Keith. It's cross-channel stuff. Plumpton Air and Wolverhampton. Okay, what type of grudge match would you like to have out there this morning? Will you text us, please, to 086 <laughs> uh, 383353. Uh, well done to all. Huge coverage over the weekend. Uh, quick yeah. mention of tonight, Keith. We're out and about. Not just you that gets licensed to leave here. Um, we're going to the Porterhouse in Oranmore for Over the, the Line. You love the Porterhouse. I don't know what it is, but it's a great venue. Yeah, so you're there tonight. That's a big part of it. So we're upstairs between 8 and 10 with the Over the Line Sports Show. And it's all to do with Oranmore and Mary. The parish Good. in sport, you name it, from the Gold Day Sailing Club are coming along, the Calisanctious School are coming along, the GA Club, the Soccer Club are coming along, loads of uh, personalities from the, the parish as well. And, of course, basketball is the sport King. of... Yeah, well, it really is. Mm. It, it's the sport of the moment out there because they're the, the National Cup champions. The, the girls won the schools all Ireland as well at, last week. So um, it'll be cock-a-hoop with people from the basketball world celebrating and talking about how good they are. Uh, don't lead uh, John Finn um, astray now to hear me tonight because he has, he has cattle for uh, milking tomorrow morning. The, before I let you go, the, the rugby, local rugby fraternity are in shock at the loss of a life to a young man. Of Tom Tierney. Yeah. Really, really sad. And he had, like he's a Limerick native. He had his time here in Galway uh, with Connacht and with Galwegians as well. Would have played with Munster, played with Ireland as well. We remember him from the 1999 World Cup. Uh, where he played four times. And more recently, he had a great involvement as a coach uh, with the Irish women's team, winning a Six Nations title with them as well. So a gifted man. Yeah, suddenly and just gone, taken from life, bang, his wife and yeah, family. It's, it's awful sudden. Yeah. Um, and it's just so so tough and so hard to take because like, he was in his in his prime. Mm. And like you would definitely think he was on the verge of forging a really good coaching career for himself. So it just shows you how how precious and how fickle life is can be extinguished in a breath so it can Oliver thanks for joining us uh, today for the details can be had from goldwaybfm.ie and again if you want to pop into the Porter uh, Porter House in uh, Ulmore tonight to see the guys please feel free to do so it's 25 past 11 mind you we're with you right through until 12 media back after these Galway Talks in association with Tesco click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you 
morning to you. It's uh, 28 minutes past 11. I mentioned to you yesterday we uh, decided uh, to occupy ourselves. We went uh, for a walk yesterday morning. We went to a movie with the uh, past that we had for three months. Uh, we went to a movie called Cocaine Bear. And uh, it's 18. I think it should be more than 18. It's very funny, but not for the lighthearted. Uh, to be honest, has anybody seen it? Or am I amongst the chosen few that have seen it? It's very funny. It's... And it's based on loosely on a true story about uh, a drop of uh, drugs from an aeroplane uh, that a, a bear got its hands on and got addicted to and what the bear does from there. Loosely now, very, very loosely. Uh, it's off the wall stuff. I mean, if you think um, uh, Colin Coon or Inish Man or Inish, yeah, was bad. No, no, that was just, no. And I actually think Mr. Tarantino would be mild in comparison to it. But uh, there you go. Let me move on, though, today. Have you seen it? If you have, will you let us know, please, to 86 uh, 33 I enjoyed it. I was, I was dreading nightmares last night, but there you go. So, cocaine, bear, see how you're getting on from there. Let me go to uh, Dave McCarthy, McCarthy & Associates, who joins me on the line uh, today. Dave, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Now, I've got a good few questions in, but I want to go to one straight away. How can I protect a parent from financial abuse? Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, that's a very common problem, more common, I think, than we realise. Elder abuse in in many, takes many forms, but um, in terms of financial abuse, where a a family member takes control of um, probably a parent or maybe an uncle or an aunt who maybe doesn't have any family and gets control of their finances. So the banks are actually very good at the moment in terms of that issue because they are they have trained their staff to watch out to see signs if um, they think there's something like that happening. Now how they deal with it and where they go with that, that information I don't know. But obviously somebody in a bank will you know, raise questions about uh, a person being brought in to take money out and if they feel they're under duress or somebody's um, getting uh, control of their account and, and, and transacting on it. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I would just say there are organisations out there that, that, that will help. And I think it's something that shouldn't be ignored. I mean, there are cases where people who have um, take control of a relative's finances and also in, on occasion get them to change their will um, or even go so far as to forge a will. And then other um, family members find to their shock and horror when that person passes on uh, what has happened. So, yeah, a very serious situation for um, anybody who's vulnerable. Um, And, you know, it's a terrible, disgusting thing, in my opinion, to happen, and especially from somebody who's close to you. Yeah, but it's it's a, ma- it's a matter of protecting them, and I know the banks uh, witnessed to myself recently enough in, in a credit union where, um, but the credit union was actually just minding the person in the nicest possible way, and uh, the son or daughter was standing nearby waiting uh, to get. Um, it was handled impeccably, I have to say. Yeah, and, and and the other thing is, if somebody discovers this and, and knows for a fact that it's happening, you know, it's uh, you know they should report it. I mean, they should probably report it if if they feel it's necessary, maybe to the guards because it's fraud. I mean, if you're if you if somebody's under duress from another person financially, you know that that's you know, in my opinion, that's a criminal offence. So you know, it should be treated seriously, and and the solicitor should be brought into the 
the whole equation as well. And somebody, if they find out this is going on, they're probably their first port of call should be to go to a solicitor and see how they can begin to address the issue from there. Uh, I'm concerned about how to will my house to my three children as I want to make sure that they do not uh, have a fallout over it. Have you any suggestions on this one? Well, again, obviously that's a question for a solicitor, but given my opinion from a financial standpoint, I'm always a great believer in the fact that, first of all, everybody should make a will. It doesn't matter what age they are. Um, people come to me initially. It's the first question. One, sorry, one of the questions I ask them, and, you know, half the people I talk to don't have wills made. And then I just recommend them to go to a solicitor. But in this situation, I always believe you shouldn't leave a row behind you. And unfortunately, this country seems to be, um, I suppose, quite commonplace where wills and and leaving houses or farms or whatever um, causes absolute ructions um, between uh, siblings. So I think whilst you could do whatever you want in your will, but I do think you have a responsibility not to leave a row behind you, um, irrespective of your wishes. And one way of doing that is 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 equity. Make it equitable. And in other words, leave it between the three if that's what you want to do. And if you don't want to do it and you, you want to do something else and, you know, you feel, well, for whatever reason, one of your, your children is more deserving than others, talk to the other two about it. I mean, I think... Um, I think, again, you could do whatever you want with a will, but if you have a responsibility, as I said, to not leave a problem behind you and, to, and tell your children what it is that's going into your will. And I think that, that, that should be the case. But I, I mean, the simple answer to it is if it's equitable, um, irrespective of their financial circumstances, well, then really nobody can have cause for complaint. But I think you should talk to your your your, your three offspring and, and discuss what you're putting in your will and to make sure that they're happy with it. Uh, can Dave McCarthy explain to me why the stock market has not taken a massive tumble uh, since the Ukraine war has started? Yeah, um, interesting point. And actually, there are people out there who, without looking at it indeed, uh, uh, properly, automatically think that that's happened and it hasn't. It's actually gone the opposite direction. Um, I always say the financial world is very selfish. World events will come, world events will go. We've seen um, 9-11 wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and all sorts of world events and now Ukraine. But what the, what the world markets and not just the stock markets, any financial market is concerned with its fundamentals. And the fundamentals of the economies um, around the world, especially the large, largest ones like America and Japan and Germany and, and the like. So what happens is, is that, and what has been happening is the financial world has been progressing very nicely and is also stock markets have actually been um, going up in value. And it's the, their main concern now is, is that Things like Ukraine, why is this a terrible um, event that's happening? But from the financial point of view, it, it, it just gets on, it, they get on with their, their financial life, the financial, the stock markets do. And <clears throat> what they're most concerned with is things like inflation and interest rates, and especially in the US. And that's what the, the markets are watching um, all the time. And that's what it's really concerned with. So I hate saying it, but, you know, they have, consigned Ukraine to a sideshow where the, the operation and the progression of the market is concerned. Mm. Um, Card usage has soared, uh, Dave, uh, this caller said, um, but technology let us down recently. I was in a shop and I had only had a card and for some reason uh, the payment wouldn't go through, which is quite embarrassing. 
uh, but I didn't have cash on me. Yeah, you know, I mean, card usage has gone through the roof. Um, it was increasing dramatically before the lockdown, and since that pandemic period has, has gone increased even more, even more so. Um, there are places where you go now that won't even take cash. Um, but the problem is, is when the technology breaks down, what happens? There was a very well publicised event down in Thoman Park there when things opened up at a monster match where the bars, believe it or not, um, the card um, system wasn't working and they couldn't take cash because they had no facility for it. So they were giving out pints for free. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of people would say, you know, that, that, that certainty isn't anything negative and it isn't. But I think you... And maybe it's just a personal thing. I think we should always have some sort of cash on us um, because if the card doesn't work, and there's been a problem actually recently with um, a debit card that on post had, the people were complaining it wasn't uh, being um, functioning properly and they were left in the lurch. Um, so, you know, technology will break down and technology will cause a problem and you don't want to find yourself in that situation. So, it's again, it's a personal thing, but I think complete reliance on cards and technology is not a good thing. Finally, uh, despite the cost, uh, not having health insurance is very risky. I read a headline uh, over the weekend on this one. Do you agree or disagree? We do have a good public system oh, here in, in in Ireland, though. We do, Keith, but the problem is the public health system is is, is jammed with people with, Fraud, with queues yeah. and people wait and waiting on, on waiting lists. Um, you know, and we've all heard the horror stories of people being called for appointments, like for for very serious um, health issues, and then maybe a year after um, they were put on the list, and that person might be dead. You know, the problem here is is that. We don't have a sufficient health system to be able to address people's problems as quickly as they need to be addressed. Health issues will continue to develop. We all know that. Um, whether you're a public patient or a private patient, that's what's going to happen. So you need to be able to, I suppose, address the issues that you have as quickly as possible. And unfortunately, we are in a world in this country with the health system where if you don't have any sort of medical insurance, then you are possibly, and I mean literally, going to suffer. So I would just say whatever level of health cover you can afford, any health cover is better than none. That's my view. And I think everybody should try to have health cover some of some sort. But, you know, some people, and I've heard this comment passed on occasions, and this is for people who could afford health cover, saying, oh, well, I don't need it because, you know, if anything happens to me, they have to look after me in the hospital. Well, you know, if you go in as an emergency, of course, they have to look after you. But the vast majority of things that will affect our health are not emergencies. And if you have to be put on a list to be look, to look after, be looked after for cancer care or whatever it is, well, you know, you could suffer, and I mean literally suffer. So yeah. I believe any any medical insurance is better than none. If they can afford it. I mean, I spoke to somebody recently, and it wasn't even medical insurance we were talking about, it was some, another expenditure altogether uh, to do with rent, actually, rather than anything else. And they said it's more important to put food on the table than to... To pay the of rent. course, it's all down to affordability. I it mean, is, yeah. there's it no is. question of that. That's yeah. a given. You know, I mean, a, health, a sick person is a sick person, whether they've got health insurance or not. And yeah. In an ideal world, we, everybody should be looked after and you shouldn't have to rely on medical insurance. But unfortunately, that's not the kind of country we live in. 
All right, Jim McCarthy, McCarthy and Associates, thank you for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. And again, if you want to get further details, you can go to Dave McCarthy of McCarthy and Associates on 0915660022. And uh, thanks today for joining us uh, today on the programme. 11.40, we have a lovely story coming the way next. Stay tuned. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Good morning to you. Welcome into today's uh, programme. Well, there's going to be a hoolie of hoolies uh, tonight in the Bailey Allen Hall and the University of Galway. They don't realise what's happening, but the Best Buddies Society in Ability West presents uh, Best Buddies Got Talent. And Linda Kane is the volunteer programme manager with Ability West, and she sits up. with you. Linda, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith, and thank you for having me on. Thanks for joining us uh, today. This Best Buddies Society and Ability West has been going on for quite a while now. COVID kind of did a job on it, but you're back in full swing. We are back, and I think uh, that's the message we have for people. Best Buddies is back. It's uh, It was a difficult two years because uh, the buddies couldn't meet. They kept in touch uh, through Zoom and phone calls. But you know yourself, Keith, there's nothing like a good face-to-face and a nice cup of tea and just having fun together. And that's what what, what it's about. But I mean, the people that you're working with in Ability West, some of them are very talented people. We have extraordinary talent. We you have, have. You have really now. Yeah, yeah. We have people who can uh, who are wonderful dancers, fabulous singers. I always say I couldn't go on a stage and sing. Nobody didn't want me to. But uh, extraordinary talent. We have uh, comedians. We have uh, one gentleman is going to recite a poem he wrote. An amazing ray of talent. And a night like this gives us the opportunity to showcase that people in Ability West can do so many things. So many things. And that's what's important is it to is. give them the vehicle to to do these things. So com- you have well, there's a, you have a number of comedians. Don't identify any one. The majority <laughs> of them are comedians uh, from there. But there's so there's so much involved in tonight. Then what time is it going to start at in the Bailey well, Allen Hall? Well, the doors are going to open at seven, and uh, we're going to kick off the show at half seven sharp. So Rona Lardner's our MC for the night. And uh, look, it'll be a fabulous night. But I would tell people to arrive at seven so that they get seaten because seats are limited. So, yeah. And again, when the Bailey Hall, Bailey Allen Hall is quite big. Is it the main hall that you're in? Or it is, that? but we didn't take the full hall. So we're limited in our seating to about 250. Well, if yeah. you get 250, you'll be happy though. Yes. Oh, yes. And yes. how long will it go on for? Hopefully uh, two hours. Two hours. Yes, yes. So it should be up by half nine-ish. Half nine, but definitely no later than ten. Uh, it depends. Sometimes people like a long encore and uh, it's uh, we have a raffle on the night as well. And can I ask you, just in relation then, uh, uh, rehearsals and that, have they been ongoing for a while? They have, yes. Uh, all of the people in our services have been practising because on a night like that, on, like, on a night like tonight, Everyone's a performer and everyone wants to do their best to entertain. It doesn't matter whether you have a disability or not. It's uh, they're going to go out there and it's their opportunity to shine. And that's why everyone is so excited. Yeah. And uh, 
practicing very enthusiastically. Which is very important uh, for them and you're kind of hoping that the family and extended family and grandparents and great-grandparents and friends and all that should go along. Yes, and see them shine and, you you know, uh, they've gotten, uh, we're very fortunate we have so many frontline staff who are really supporting the people who are going on the stage and uh, it's lovely when everyone comes and sees the fruition of their work. Yeah, it, it is. And there's, I mean, I know a lot of the service users that you're working with and they're very talented people. They're really, we've had a few of them in the studio that, that have challenged me fairly well now. <laughs> well, if you did offer to come on with me today. Oh, did they? But you couldn't handpick anybody. No. You no. just couldn't, no. 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 Uh, where can they get tickets uh, for Best Buddies Society's event tonight? The tickets are available on the door. If you want to buy them online before four, five o'clock today, we will have a table for prepaid tickets and you can collect your tickets or they'll be available on the door. So it's a tenor for a ten euro for adults and uh, five euro for students. But the best value they'll get for a performance this week in town? For two hours of pure entertainment. Yeah, pure entertainment. Are you taking to the stage yourself, can I ask you? No, I have no talent unlike many Excuse in our Excuse me, services. Linda Kane, you do have a volunteer <laughs> program manager with WGS. You do have great talent. I think you need to do a um, a party piece yourself. I, I haven't practiced, but I will maybe, <laughs> maybe for the future. Maybe Practice the future. is not necessary. Uh, for no. me. Somebody else said, will you be videoing this? And will it be? Uh, no, we won't be videoing it. Um, not this time. Not this time. Because uh, I think, well, actually, we were very fortunate that we got the Bailey Allen. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit short notice, so we haven't prepped for that. But uh, just so while I have the opportunity, just to say that in October, we launched the Best Buddies Citizens Program. Mm-hmm. And the Best Buddies Citizens Program now is also open to anyone in the community, whether you're working in one of the many wonderful factories in Galway or local retail, and you want to get involved with the Best Buddies Program and be a friend to someone, or as I always say, be the reason someone has a smile today. Uh, just contact us at Ability West. And what's the best number to contact you at? Uh, it's 087 7558 So it's 087-997-1558. Uh, again, do they have to regard the vet and all that? They will have to go to the screening process as for any volunteer. So they'd have to complete the application, uh, give the name of three referees and yes, regard the vet and undergo volunteer training. Okay, and then they become really you. You match them up with somebody. Yes. And what what type of time are we looking at on a weekly basis? We're looking at uh, about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, twice a month. Okay, it's in not, the evenings or at the weekends. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not a big commitment. No, it's is. not. And the the thing about the Best Buddy Citizens Program. It's a lovely change from your ordinary routine. It's an opportunity to make a, a friend and more importantly, to have a bit of fun. Yeah, and they need these friends outside of family. That's what they need. They, they need someone that isn't mom or dad or a brother or a sister. They need a stranger that they can just be themselves with. Exactly. And like, we all need our friends. Where would we be without our friends? And people with disabilities are no different. Mm. And they love having a friend and having the best buddy to call their own to do the ordinary fun things that we all take for granted. Now, the best buddy wouldn't be, you wouldn't be, who you're matched up, it wouldn't be ringing you every single day or every... 
No, no, oh, it's no. limited then. Yes, yeah. You might have a phone call maybe once a week, and um, we try to facilitate uh, the people we match, like be someone relatively local to you. So, with the price of diesel, we're not going to drag you across Galway City or the county. Someone who's local, someone who shares the same interests, mm-hmm. and um, it's all about having fun. All right, well, the fun is going to be tonight. It's going to be in the Bailey Allen Hall. It's going to be kicking off, so it is um, in the Bailey Allen Hall uh, tonight. At um, Doors open 7 o'clock. Um, the, the event itself starts at 7.30. It'll be finished between 9.30 and 10. And what you do afterwards, Linda, I don't really want to know. Do you hear me now? <laughs> Fair if, enough. If you go missing afterwards, I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, Linda Kane, Volunteer Programme Manager with the Ability West. Thank you for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. Uh, some of the comments coming into us uh, today. Keith, this uh, caller said. And um, can you remind Luke Flanagan that um, he is an elected representative and he shouldn't be doing what he's doing from there. But you know what? You can contact Denise in his office and you can tell her he shouldn't be doing what he's doing from there because I have no intention of uh, lecturing to the bold Luke Ming Flanagan at my age in life. I wanted to play this last week for you but I wasn't around. It's a lovely version of a lovely piece of music indeed. It's the old version of Galway Bay with Dolores Kane and John Faulkner. Seems that he wronged a boy And long ago the hour I know I foresaw Illinois But time, not time, our waters white Could wean my heart away Forever true, it flies to you, my own Oh 
Kane and that's the old Galway Bay with uh, John Faulkner. Let me dedicate that to Joseph, a very special person listening to us uh, today. Joseph, we'll dedicate that to you. That's it for today. Tomorrow morning in the programme, Fostering Fortnight kicks off next week. We'll be hearing from some of the social care workers and foster parents. We'll be looking at gaps in cardiovascular care contributing to the deaths of almost 9,000 people. Eye care waiting list is unacceptable at 42,300. The GRETB are celebrating 10 years. We hear from the Director of Further Education. Uh, Galway University Hospital is to hold an interfaith memorial service. And we have Evergreen Health. And uh, Polly joins us tomorrow. That is it for today. Thank you to John Morley, who produced uh, today. Siobhan took your comments. But from you, Sir Keith Finnegan, we join you live from Studio One tomorrow morning, just after the 9 o'clock news. Have a good and a safe Monday, the beginning of a week. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Talks in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.